listener. Welcome to another edition of the Coco Adults Podcast. We're real people doing real reviews. We review stuff on Amazon Prime and Netflix and Disney Plus, HBO Max, Hulu, and Jimmy Down the Street's home videos. Oh, I don't know if we do that. Oh, we don't do that? No. Well, uh, maybe you do. I don't know. I don't. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dalt. And this week on this episode of the podcast, listener, we have some very exciting content, as we always do. <laughs> and you know what? Coco is going to tell us exactly what we're talking about today. So I apologize in advance because I do not speak French, so I'm probably going to mangle some pronunciations when I do the summary, because today we are reviewing Lupin. A brand new five-part series from Netflix. This is actually part one. There are five episodes. Part two with the following five episodes will be released hopefully in April. This was a ripoff, by the way, listener. Yeah. So, you know, foreshadowing. We weren't aware that only five of the episodes were going to get dropped. So when episode five was over and we could not play episode six, we were like, WTF? Where are the other... whatever the French version of that is. FTW. <laughs> right. So Lupin is about a gentleman thief. Apparently this series is based on a series of stories released uh, around the fin de siècle in... Uh, <laughs> wow, what was that? I thought you said you couldn't speak French. I can't speak French. In France about a gentleman thief named uh, Arsène Lupin. And this is about a guy today in Paris. His name is Assan Diop. He's a an immigrant to France from Senegal. And he has kind of modeled his life on this gentleman thief, Lupin. So that's where the series gets its name from. Uh, what I read about this initially said that he was trying to steal a necklace of Marie Antoinette's from the Louvre. So I was like, oh, this is just Ocean's Eleven in series yeah. form, and they're yeah. probably going to, you know, get around to stealing the necklace in episode, like, nine. Mm-hmm. But he actually steals the necklace in episode one. Right. And it's not really about that at all. It's a story <laughs> of revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the necklace belonged to a family that his father worked for 25 years ago who framed the father for the theft of the necklace and... Hassan's father killed himself in prison, and now he's trying to clear his father's name. But he's modeled his life on this thief, Lupin, so there's lots of hand trickery going on. Mm-hmm. He can get into places other people can't, uh, stuff like that. So it's a story of revenge. It's also a story of him and his family, his estranged wife and his 14-year-old son, Raul, and the cops are trying to figure out what the heck happened with this Marie Antoinette necklace. So it's not really about the theft no. at all. No. So, uh, Daltz, what did you think of Lupin. So just uh, so listener in France, and we do have actually quite a few downloads in France. So <laughs> bonjour, mon ami. Uh, when we say Lupin, we're not saying French for the bread. It's actually oh. L-U-P-I-N. Right. Wouldn't that be le, le pain? Le pain. Le pain. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Just so they, you know, they're probably listening going, oh, those, those Americans, know. they don't know. Well, but we actually do know in some cases. Well, you're Canadian, so you had a little bit of French in school. I do, but it's Quebec French. So oh. it's 
it's a little bit more uh, rootsy than okay. the continental version. So what did I think of this? I liked it. I, uh, as you mentioned off the top, Coco, it had a real uh, Ocean's Eleven vibe to it in the first episode. And I was thinking, oh, this is going to be a heist series. This is going to be cool. And yeah. we meet the characters who are involved with the heist. And uh, Lupin gets, uh, or the, the guy who models himself after Lupin, he gets involved with these crooks. And it looks like this is going to be a real heist team kind of thing and it doesn't turn out that way at all i mean even it even feels the uh, oceans 11 with the music mm-hmm. and the characters are kind of quirky like in, the, in oceans 11 in a good way i mean this all in a good way um but then it just takes a complete right turn in a good way as well and it's so it's not predictable at all i like the lead guy he's really good um he sort of reminds me of a like of a french uh idris elba only <laughs> with like you know much more muscle um, and very, I really like his character cause he's complicated. He seems like he's not a simple guy and he's not, uh, his motivations are not just purely about the necklace or purely about revenge. He's got a life, you know, he's got a kid, he's got an ex-wife that he clearly still has feelings for. They've known each other since they were teenagers. So right. yeah. yeah. And so they're, they're very, you know, they're best friends kind of thing. They have a long history. Yeah. And, and so there's a lot of story here and it's really good. And I think the only negative thing I have to say about this really is that I was uh, surprised and disappointed that it ended after five episodes. I right. was thinking, like, I was really looking forward to the sixth and seventh and following it all the way through. So it feels like a bit of a ripoff right now that we're actually doing this podcast because it feels like it's incomplete to me. Yeah, we thought we were going to have a whole series to review and instead we have half of it and we we were stunned yeah. yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and it's not, uh, that's a good thing because you want... I want to be able to finish watching it. It's not like, right. oh, we're five episodes. Oh, this gives me an excuse not to, not to watch the rest mm-hmm. of it because it's just garbage. It's actually pretty good. I yeah. mean, it's not as good as, as we were talking about, Coco and I, uh, as we were watching this. It's not as good as Rogue City, which is another uh, really good French crime uh, series that we watched. It's not as gritty as that. It's not as dark as that. Um, and it's not as... Uh, I, let, let's just say put together as well. And one of the things that I have... One of the criticisms I have about this particular series, Lupin, is that uh, some of the instances he gets in and out of seem a little fantastic to me. Yeah, there is. that's one of my biggest criticisms, and I don't have a lot of criticisms mm-hmm. of it, but when you were saying it wasn't as gritty, like, no, it's definitely not. It's very slick, mm-hmm. and there's quite a lot of suspension of disbelief yeah, that has yeah. to happen yeah. with this, because I, I understand that... like. This guy, how has he... He stays in Paris. Right. It's not like he travels around Europe stealing from rich families or whatever. So I know Paris is a big city, but really in the 20, 25 years you've been doing this... Your prints haven't gotten in the system. Right. Your DNA hasn't gotten in the system. You've never been captured on CCTV. Like yeah. this guy, he's a very attractive, strapping black man. Yeah. And like nobody's noticed him yeah like maybe that's a commentary on racism and how people of color aren't noticed you know like because the only reason he was noticed by one of his victims is because he took his wife to (laughs) a really really fancy restaurant and then one of his victims like saw him when he jumped up and he was that was the night his wife told him she was pregnant and he jumped up and he's like yelling to the restaurant like i'm gonna be a father i'm so happy i'm so excited Mm -hmm. and then he noticed one of his victims watching him and he was like oh crap and he threw down like 200 euros on the table and they ran out yeah so i'm like how have you not been caught yeah in (laughs) 
that's yeah that's the biggest criticism i have of this and it's not a small criticism right is that this guy's getting away with a lot of these crimes year after year decade after decade etc like you said coco and yet not getting caught like he's a very distinct looking guy right he dresses very distinctly mm-hmm. he, even when he's in disguise like he was disguised in that one time and he had an orange toque on like a bright right. orange toque <laughs> And uh, he went on TV in one in one episode and and uh, put on makeup and disguises and that sort of thing. But it still sort of looked like him. Like it wasn't really a complete disguise. It wasn't like he, you know, I don't want to I don't want to go in down a, a you know a dangerous path. But it's not like he put lighter makeup on or something like that. Like it was still essentially him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I have a hard time believing that he has not been caught yet yes i mean the, mm-hmm. the french police have got to be incompetent times 27 in this day and age like <laughs> you know, they got all these footage footage like you said and he's got to have fingerprints somewhere like there's right. there's there hasn't been really an episode where he's done anything to his fingerprints right so he hasn't masked them or anything like that yeah, or he, can try to conceal uh-huh. them yeah totally he hasn't put gloves on right. or put wax or something right. on his fingertips so yeah yeah so it's really hard to believe that he hasn't been caught yet mm-hmm. um but that's pretty much my biggest criticism yeah, of too. of the whole thing. Like I, uh, I'm probably butchering his name, but Omar Sy mm-hmm. is uh, the name of the actor who plays Asan, and he's he's great. He's, he's really good. Yeah. He's so charismatic. Yeah. He really owns that role. Yeah. Like you can believe that he's slick enough to ingratiate himself and fast talk, you know, in into situations that mm-hmm. maybe people might not be trusting otherwise. Um, yeah, he's excellent in that role. So I really enjoyed watching him. I'm mm-hmm. uh, I really wish that we had all ten episodes to watch because <laughs> episode five ends on a cliffhanger, and yeah. I'd really like to see how it how it turns out. Um, his son gets kidnapped, and yeah. that was that was actually another thing too that um, in the final episode he semi frames another guy to take the fall for him, mm-hmm. but then like yeah. an hour later that guy comes back and kidnaps his kid, and right. I'm like. You know, even if they realize, okay, his mugshot doesn't match the composite sketch, like, really, this guy's going to get sprung from the station in like an hour? They're mm-hmm. just going to be like, okay, and, like the mm-hmm. paperwork alone is probably going to have to right. take hours. Right. So, yeah, know? I didn't believe that at all. It's like, there's no way that this guy got out of prison already. Like, he, they must have detained him for a while, even given the circumstances of the episode where it's, it is suspicious in the episode uh-huh. that he gets sprung. There's just the pure logistics of it. Like, the right. guy had to be taken away somewhere. It wasn't like the police station was right on the beach where they were. Like, he right. had to go somewhere. He had to be in jail for a while. You know, he had to be held. They had to check the fact that he's got a gun permit. And you got to process this guy. They're not going to just sit, you know, oh, you look good. Oh, you're telling me this is your story. Okay, we believe you. Goodbye. Right. That's not the way it works. Mm. So, uh, yeah, there's there's some holes that way. I I will say that um, some of the other schemes that he gets into and some of the cons that he pulls are really pretty brilliant. Mm. Like there is there are some suspensions of disbelief along the way, definitely. But some of them are really clever. And so that's a saving grace to me is that there's a lot of cleverness in this and there's a uh-huh. lot of forethought put into it and there's uh, a lot of originality in this we're not seeing the same old shtick where a guy is you know playing cards at the table and he's got one under his sleeve you know like the right. stuff that we see all the time on bond movies or whatever mm-hmm. even the oceans 11 movies where we're right. seeing cons sometimes for the same in the same movie these there are a lot of these are original and they're really creative and really well done so i i, I think that that's why i'm willing to give this series a little bit more time even though there is that 
you know that I mean, there's no way this guy is free. He's, he's like he's he never wears a, a disguise in public, right? And he's pretty much wearing the same clothes that he usually wears, you know, right? Like all he and does he's is huge. He's a big guy. Yeah, sometimes he puts on like a pair of glasses, right? Or you know, like right. a, a knit cap, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and yeah. like otherwise, you know, he's not trying to disguise himself whatsoever. And like I said, I don't know if maybe because the first episode there are definitely underlying themes of racism because when he buys the Marie Antoinette necklace mm-hmm. the auctioneer is like oh I didn't expect somebody like you to be able to buy this necklace and he's like what do you mean yeah. and the guy's like oh somebody's so young yeah, you yeah. Know? so I mean there's definitely well there's a lot of racism in yeah France and Europe in general right yeah, so and, like I'm sure that's and, a and we're not throwing stones no because no because <laughs> we can't no no but yeah so it's I don't I don't know if this is like a commentary all the way through mm-hmm. on racism and people of color being overlooked you know or mm-hmm. what but it's it's really hard to believe that this guy hasn't been caught yeah that's that's the and that's a that's a pretty huge stumbling block i mean everything right. else is really brilliant and the, the acting is really good the writing is really good but that's a huge stumbling block to me and and each episode i have that sort of hit to me it's like mm-hmm. why is this guy still doing this like right. it's just not He's he's a big huge guy in in a largely white place. I mean, it's it, there's a lot of minority people in Paris, obviously, but this is a guy who's pretty distinct looking, and mm-hmm. you know, just there's no way that he's escaping all this time. So, what uh, grade would you give Lupin? Lupin, I would give it probably right now. I would give it six pieces of bread, but I don't <laughs> six baguettes, six baguettes, six baguettes, <laughs> six baguettes. Très bien, très bien, très bien, mon chéri. Um, but I would, uh, I want to reserve judgment until we see the next five episodes and see what happens on the other side because mm-hmm. maybe. Um, We'll get some more uh, explanations on things, but yeah, I, I would say right now it's a solid six. What do you What do you say, Coco? I give it like a B. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, like I said the the Omar Sy. Mm-hmm. I hope that's how you say his name. Mm-hmm. He's extremely charismatic. Yeah. Um, even with the suspension of disbelief, it's still very well written. It's paced very well, um, and I also uh, like. So he has help from a journalist and attempting to take down uh, the patriarch of the family that set his father up. And she got screwed by this guy as well. And so she taught her dog to bark every time <laughs> the guy's name is said. And so that's really funny. That's yeah. pretty recurring. So there's, there's some humor in it as well. It's, yeah, you know, it's slick like Ocean's Eleven, but it does have a little bit of the Rogue City grit, but not mm-hmm. as much. It's grittier than Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Um, and it's also more realistic in a lot of ways because we're seeing these people in their everyday lives. And the characters are relatable. You know, mm-hmm. like the kid is on his phone. Right. And playing video games. And, and the and ex-wife is exasperated because the guy shows up late if he shows late. up at all. And, and she yeah. knows his past and she knows mm-hmm. what's going on. And she's still, you know, there's still a connection there between the two of them. Like it's not cut and dry like it's not an episode of you know family ties where everything is resolved at the end of the 30 minutes you know what i mean like it's it's complicated like life is and so uh i i really like that like you said the uh, the lead guy he's really good and i I believe him like i believe Mm -hmm. and i and i i want to see how he does which i think is important to a series like this is you want to either sympathize with them or you know have a little bit of mystery about the lead character but i think uh overall yeah it's 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 pretty well done I could see him as the next James Bond. Wow. Yeah, he's... Uh, and I know that everybody says that. You know, everybody is looking for the next Bond. But mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, he's got the suave. He's got the physicality. But he's a French guy. He could work on his accent. 
you know. I, has there, there's never been a French. The, the, the British would be crazy. Well, they already got George Lazenby. From Australia. From Australia. And Pierce uh, Brosnan is Irish. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. yeah. But French, though, I think that's a different... That's a different uh, biscuit to swallow for the for the English. <laughs> he, I could see him doing that. He would be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, who's going to be the next Bond? Who knows? Right. I mean, at this point, who? when are we even making movies again? Right. So. It, it should be a woman. The next Bond should be a woman. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. I'd be down with that. Jamie Bond. <laughs> Jane Bond. Jane Bond. <laughs> so uh, anything else to add about this one, uh, Coco? Nah, no, I think, we're, I think I'm all good. Anything about... Anything from you? No, I think it's good. It's not about bread. Um, no, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it's not a series about French bread, but it's actually pretty good. So uh, so thanks for joining us for this episode of the uh, podcast, listener. We are very appreciative of your time and effort and all the money, oh, all the money that you're putting into the uh, coffers. We really appreciate that when you go to cocoandults.com and hit the contribute button. We just love that. Now you're making me sad because nobody's actually done that. Shh. They don't know that. <laughs> They're like, oh, I better contribute. I better join the crowd. <laughs> Maybe I'll get a shout out on Coco and Dollop's podcast. If, if somebody donates money to the podcast, we will give them a shout out to the podcast. For, for sure. For real. Yeah. So for another episode of the podcast, thank you for joining us. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dollop's. <laughs>